0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I've always wanted to be part of a book club. You haven't said which book you want to be responsible for. Yeah,
1: I
2: hope it's as exciting as his other book. The
1: greatest book of our time.
0: is the worst book ever. Written. Need all of my other books. F- book. the reading is what? Fundamental. Fundamental.
2: Hello everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode dedicated to the Nasty Woman Book Club. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and I'll be in your ears for the duration of this episode with TNWC contributor Ellie Stemelos. We are going to be reviewing one of my favourite books of this year. That is Florence Givens' highly successful book, Women Don't Owe You Pretty. We're going to be looking at several issues that were brought up by Florence in the book, including white privilege, the importance of acknowledging the work of black people. We're also going to be looking at the incredible metaphors that she uses to help women understand the importance of boundaries and not settling. And yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it. So let's go on ahead to our book review for November's book of the month, Women don't owe you pretty. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast yet again to talk about our book of the month. And November's book of the month has probably been my favorite book we have read so far. I have a new girl crush pretty much because of this book, because of the glorious Florence Given.
1: Oh, my goodness. She is a powerhouse. She is amazing. I was just thinking before we jumped onto this call, which is Younger than both of us, I think. She's like 22, but she's got so much power. I have followed her on Instagram for a few years because of her art. Um, So I was wondering how her writing would be. But I actually Mm. really liked her writing style. I think she can just like do it all. And this is like the Bible for women in their 20s, I feel. I feel like we all need to read it.
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I even think like women like in their 30s, 40s, even older, like there's some things in there that... Like, I've already got, like, a list of quotes on my phone that I just, like, look at every couple of days that I'm just gonna live by for now and and that I wish I had when I was younger. That's for sure.
1: absolutely. I think she goes into way more depth than I thought she would because it's, like, a very aesthetically pleasing book as well because Florence Given is an artist, so she's got all her original art in the book as well. So, like, You can appreciate that but the content the actual written content she covers a lot of ground but then she goes into a lot of depth on all these different topics so I feel like you know you and I have a pretty decent handle on a lot of ideas of um, around social justice but still Mm. full of really good reminders and like I know I had a few really important reminders um, come up for me when reading this and definitely learned something so yeah I think everyone could get something out of this for sure.
2: Yeah. What I love is that so often she acknowledges her privilege. I think that is what she does so well, but she doesn't do it in a way to make her be like, Oh, I'm acknowledging my privilege, guys. Like, you know, I'm a good ally or anything like that. She just uh, she just <laughs> be honest and she's just like, Look, I have skinny privilege, I've white privilege, I'm a cisgender woman, like. I'm acknowledging that, but everyone that's reading this, you need to wake up and you know realize what your privilege is as well. She just does that so
1: well. She does. She acknowledges that very well because I think we're kind of doing better as a society. I think, but there's a lot of defensiveness when it comes to acknowledging our privilege. And I think that makes sense because I think people know that they've had hardship in their lives. Like we've all had something and you know, we all know that we work hard to get to where we are and all those things. But what she says in the book, which is really important, is that privilege is invisible. So you and I being white people, we have never had to experience like being white or white passing, we have never had to experience oppression based on the color of our skin or those sort of perceptions. Um, So we could never really understand or envision what that is truly like. And I think she goes into really good detail of acknowledging that privilege is this invisible thing. And unless we do the unlearning and the relearning and the acknowledging of all these ways in which we are privileged, it's going to keep coming up. And so we need to actually acknowledge the multiple ways in which we are privileged and she talks about being at this cross-section where she's a woman and we know that women in our in our culture are disadvantaged in a lot of ways and she's bisexual but then she's also yeah got the uh, able-bodiedness and the whiteness that is protective as well um so she looks at all of this from multiple perspectives which is awesome Mm.
2: and I love that as well she's very realistic in a sense that If you're someone that is trying to become more knowledgeable of other people's issues and trying to understand your privilege, I like that straight up in the first chapter. She just goes, look, you might lose some friends. You might have some arguments, Mm. but you're doing some good work here. Right on in there, like smack bang. She was just like, look, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard (laughs) and you're not going to be perfect. And I just, that was just, that was just so good that she just went right to that.
1: Actually, it kind of reminds me of um, the last book, we read which is me and white supremacy even though they're very different in their content but Layla Saad did a very similar thing to Florence Gibbon Um, and those messages are so important the message that doing this work is not always comfortable but you can't hold on to your comfort and sacrifice almost like your humanity or like someone else's humanity so actually having this privilege to be vocal and to stand up for what matters is super important so I think that's a really important thing that's come through in a few of the books we've read but she does get straight into it and I also really like how you've already mentioned she acknowledges her privilege but right at the end of the book she kind of has an acknowledgement of the women who she's learned from Mm. and I think actually Layla Saad was on that list but she kind of talks about the fact that her as this white, able-bodied cis woman, she'll probably get yeah a lot of praise for speaking about all these issues that she talks about in her book, whereas black women are often labeled as angry or too vocal or too aggressive for speaking about the very same issues, which often affect them more. So I like that she has an acknowledgement right at the end saying, I learned A lot of the content is predominantly from Black women and I know I'm going to be praised for it, but please go and seek out the work of these women as well. That was really important to include, I think.
2: Yeah, I thought that was really great that she did that because the sad reality is for many people, like say for white people, they may only listen to discussions about race or any other social justice issues from someone that Mm. is also white and Mm. By people reading this book by Florence Given, she has become a gateway for them to then seek out other people and then learn from other people and their own personal experiences, whether that be their experiences in the queer community, the people of color. I think that was such a great, nice final touch at the end that she did like to make sure to get people to reach out to other people, not just seek information from her because she only knows so much and she only has certain amount of experience. I'm glad that she did do that.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new
2: customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Earlier, you talked about quotes that you feel you want to live by now. What mm. were some of the quotes that spoke to you or some of the ideas in the book that spoke to you
2: oh I have sent I've I've sent okay my phone is just full of screenshots of like photos of me taking photos of the book there's this beautiful book it is it's so aesthetically pleasing and no wonder it's all over Instagram obviously of course because it's great (laughs) but also because it's just gorgeous so gorgeous it's beautiful yeah Yeah, I love some leopard print love the colors love the arts um but anyway Mm -hmm. The chapter that just really got to me so much and that I've sent photos to my friends is the one about not settling for crumbs because you deserve the whole cake. That one just spoke to me so much. Okay, there's some quotes here that I've got like I've so many quotes because I just oh, it's just like a poem it feels like when she writes, I swear. Like she has stuff along the lines of, you know, you're not a startup investor and if you are very down on yourself, crumbs are only going to be tempting when you're hungry. So you must ensure that you're always full Mm. on your own. And I just love how she says, it's just, it just really goes with the whole saying, like, if you can't love yourself, how the hell can you love someone else? Like pretty much that you really need to love yourself. And if you do, then you will know what you're worth. You won't just go for just some little itty bitty crumbs that someone leaves you. Like, you know, you deserve the whole thing. You deserve Everything that you want from a person, not just like the little bits that they leave you. That was just, oh, I loved that. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Send it to so many people, that chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love how she uses these
1: metaphors to mm. talk about social conditioning. I think for me, that's kind of what Women Don't Owe You Pretty is about. Like, it's about. All this conditioning that we're exposed to from like the day we're born, you know, all of us, like everyone on this planet in different ways. um, And it affects us all differently as well. And uh, again, she does really, uh, she does a really good job at examining how these things affect people in different walks of life. But um, this message that we're bombarded with time and time again of we can't be on our own. Like if women are not partnered, there is something defective, there is something wrong with us, especially the older we get. You know, we have to be fearful of getting old. Um, Men have a lot of problematic messaging aimed at them as well, definitely. But that's Mm. not a message that men get because men are allowed to like age and like be bachelors and have their bachelor pads and be silver foxes. And women are just not allowed to do those things. And so I think a lot of conditioning that leads a lot of women to make these like fear based decisions around who they partner with, because society tells us that being partnered is better than being alone even if like the guy's a dick or even if you're not being treated very well or um yeah you're getting the crumbs instead of the whole thing like she kind of talks about having someone who like doesn't respect your time so like might text you for like a booty call but then if you want a date never has the time and she's all about like just knowing what you want so it's fine to have like a casual arrangement with someone but she talks about like even if you are casually dating or um, casual with someone there still needs to be a lot of respect and she's saying that for her is a non-negotiable aspect of any connection or any relationship with someone and I think that's really important to take away because so many of us are guilty of doing the settling thing or what you said before, like, you are not an investment banker, like, don't invest in someone's potential. Um, I'm a pretty, like, big-hearted person, I think, but I think I overcorrect sometimes, and I make excuses for people in my life, and I've certainly done that in the past, like, for a lot of people, and for, like, ex-partners and things like that, where I'm like, oh, this guy's, like, such a good person, and he just needs to, like, grow up a bit more, or grow into himself, or he's going through a hard time, but really, like, I was being treated like shit and I wasn't getting what I needed. So that reminder of like, don't romanticize someone, don't put them on a pedestal and Mm. don't like glorify someone's potential because they may never reach that. And you are like living with their reality. And if you're not getting what you need, then communicate those boundaries and then it's okay to, to leave if you're not getting what you want. It's very powerful. I do wish I had this book like when I was 20 years old rather than, yes. you know, when I was 26 years old. But it's really important. It's a good read.
2: Yeah. I just think every single person, but especially young women, especially those that are just just trying out the dating scene. And I don't know like when you're just mm-hmm. starting out in the dating world, you know, you're trying to see what you like, what you don't like, but Honest to God, if I had this book, there would be so much less pain I would have experienced and I would have known my worth and not stuck around with some guys just thinking that, oh, I can't do any better. Oh, I may as well just stay there or anything like that. And Another thing she also mentions with that as well, like don't just stay with people if they don't bring out the best of you. That's another like very important thing. Like you don't want to be with someone that makes you feel smaller or brings out the worst version of you uh, because you're always just trying to seek their approval all the time. And yeah, she does that so well. So obviously like a lot of the book looks at uh, social justice issues and then also the dating scene, but something that I think was really important that she did touch on was about not the whole jealousy thing with women, because like, you know, we're, Mm. we're pretty much raised to think that, you know, all other women are our competition because, you know, we're always trying to seek the approval of men and oh women are competition of that, blah, blah, blah. And I like that she acknowledged the fact that we need to stop tearing each other down just because other women aren't successful. Like she's got this great quote that I love. It is, name one successful woman who got to where she is by scrolling on Instagram depressing herself with other people's fabricated lives like ah I just love that I love it so much it's so
1: true Mm. um I've got the book right in front of me and it's so funny because um the page that has fallen open is one with a quote that says there is enough room for all women to be whole without tearing each other down exactly what you're talking about and I know I've said this already, but I'm just going to say it again. I'm just so impressed by like, the <laughs> ground she covers in this yeah. book because she, this is like, it's almost like a how-to guide, isn't it? Mm. Um, like it's got so many um, different topics in here. So this chapter is called Refuse to Find Comfort in Other Women's Flaws because yes, we are all set up to be in competition with each other. And again, unless you're like critically examining the um, intentions behind your actions, you can kind of be on autopilot and fall into this without even realizing. So, she kind of talks about like slut shaming women and calling other women like bitches or intimidating or judging other women for how they dress. And she talks about flipping those thoughts around in set. So, in, mm. instead of saying that woman is too old to wear something like that, retrain your brain, <laughs> flip those thoughts around, and say, you know, inspire the ageism and sexism in society, this woman has decided to go for it. What a legend and what a boss and things like that. I think becoming more aware of our inner monologues and the way we think about and speak about each other as women is so important. So doing that like as like a technique, like flipping those thoughts, I think is, is really helpful because I think it's not our fault. Like we are kind of raised to do this. We're pitted against each other and like we mm-hmm. almost like compete for like men's attention and stuff and that's what we're taught to do but even though it's not our fault that society is this way it is still our responsibility to unlearn and be better and not make other people's lives worse because of our own insecurities or yeah it's almost like internalized misogyny so Mm. like things like that this can bring it to the forefront and like the earlier you learn this stuff The better and it's an ongoing journey isn't it like you're never gonna arrive and say okay like I have no more internalized misogyny I have no more internalized racism but just having the awareness is so important I think girls who are like 16 17 18 if they could get their hands on this book it would be a pretty life-changing thing and like to enter your 20s with these sort of ideas in your consciousness would just be awesome.
2: It's also just nice to see Florence given a young woman. She put in so much hard work and effort to educate herself on these issues, and she didn't just do the bare minimum. Like she went mm. deep, and I really, really like mm. that she did so much research, so much. She put so much time and effort into this because, if I'm being honest, like I, I was already a fan of Florence before I read this book, but the, I did have it in a, I did have a thought behind my head, thinking like, oh, you know, she's only in her early twenties. Like, could she really, like, you know, write a book exploring these issues that deeply? And mm-hmm. she did, like, it's crazy. And if I was being like my toxic before I read this book self I'd be like all jealous and be like oh why does she get to write a book this great at this age and <laughs> I'm not and she's younger than me she's in this but now I'm just like no no Florence would not think that she'd be like no that's amazing <laughs> another woman's doing this it's incredible so many actions throughout my day now I just think what would Florence do Florence would not do this she'd not think this no. <laughs> I do that so often.
1: that's now. so true yeah exactly Florence would like hype herself up um yeah. that's so true and like yeah just to see like how pervasive these thought patterns are like i think i said it earlier you know the fact that she's so young and she's written this book i had the exact same thought i am surprised by how in-depth this is so that's almost yeah an example of of that but yeah she's done a brilliant job and yeah all the praise that this book has gotten i think is very well deserved
2: so uh, to finish us up then even though I have like a list of quotes that I think I'm just going to take away with me and just keep looking back at it. What do you think is the key quote or the key thing that you're always like the biggest lesson that you learned that you would just take away from this?
1: You know what it is? I think it's never stop digging and never stop learning and uncovering parts of yourself. There was a quote in the book I can't remember exactly how it's written, but it's something like who would you be if you weren't exposed to cultural conditioning every day of your life? And then she talks about, you know, I think of Florence Given as this person who I'm still discovering and I don't actually know exactly who that is yet. Um, so I love that idea of thinking of ourselves as always evolving and always transforming. And I really would like to be more conscious of in my own life of what things am I doing for other people? Like, what things am I doing to be um, performative or to please society or to please someone else? And what things feel really true for me? And that's in terms of my expression of self, how I talk, how I act, um, the goals that I go after, how I dress, all those things. I think that's like such a big, interesting idea. And I think she articulates it really well that um, we can always uncover like a new version of ourselves and there's always room for learning and growth
2: I think my biggest takeaway would have to be about don't give your energy and your time to people and and waste it like really think about like who you give your time and your energy to and set boundaries I think that is something so many young people us like learn and take a while to be able to understand and, and Understand the importance of setting boundaries for yourself. And it was just so great that she said that it's okay to set boundaries. Look, you might get called a bitch, but it's either that or you end up just down the spiral. And I think, yeah, it was just so great that she really puts the importance of that your time and your energy are really really important and not just don't waste that on people that don't respect it and respect you exactly you know what she said on her instagram recently she Mm -hmm. said a bitch is a woman with boundaries and that just
1: summarizes it perfectly it's just like yeah like if anyone's calling me a bitch like that says more about them and it's like if you think i'm a bitch because i'm being assertive and identifying boundaries then like i guess i'm a bitch and like whatever,
2: like that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, that is it for today's summary of Florence Givens, Women Don't Owe You Pretty. We could easily just go on and on about this and just analyze every single chapter because it's just it's just all poetry for me. It's just all so beautiful and just oh, I love it. But thank you so much for letting me chat to you about this work of art. Literally, just every woman in her early 20s Bible, pretty much. Get on to it. Christmas is coming up. If you have a friend, a mom, a sister, anyone, and you don't know what the hell to buy them, get them this book. And also the good thing is. Well, even if it's people that are struggling to read, because I, am I myself have only just started to get back into reading this year. This book is really good because there are some chapters that are really small. There are some bigger ones, but it's not a hard read. You don't. It doesn't feel like work. It just feels like okay. think I might just read a couple of pages and yeah, you're already inspired. And then there's like
1: a pretty, like a pretty art print, yeah. and then yeah, you know, it's just it is an easy read, but it's yeah. important as well. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's an easy important read. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the Nasty Woman Book Club. It is, in fact, our last episode for the year 2020, but don't fret, there is still going to be a December book of the month. Those that missed out on hearing about it on social media, the Nasty Woman Club's next book of the month is The Space Between by Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews from Shameless. I have been a huge fan of those two for several years now and I cannot wait to deep dive into their successful book over the Christmas break. Anyway, big, big thank you to everyone that's been tuning in to the Nasty Woman Club podcast this year. I appreciate every single one of you this podcast will be back in your ears early January of 2021. There is more exciting content, new podcast segments, and interviews to come. And I cannot wait to share it all with you and to keep growing this platform and to keep talking about intersectional feminism. So I hope you all have a fantastic Christmas and a fantastic New Year's and I will see you all in 2021.